0: Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Let's give this choir another hand as they... (laughs) Amen. And it's such a powerful song that I almost forgot to get up when... good to be reminded this morning of the greatness of our God, uh, that when all chaos is going on around us, when we remember how great God is, and when we remember the bigness of God, it gives us a sense of peace and joy, A peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away. So we thank God for the reminder of the greatness of God. Amen. Amen, amen. So we have been on a study, Pastor George has been leading us on the study of not sure. And uh, to remind us that God gives us space to wrestle uh, with uh, the issues of life, to wrestle with theological issues, to, to wrestle with the questions that we have. God is big enough uh, to create that space, he's patient enough uh, to create that space where whether we are believers or unbelievers, God gives us time and space uh, to wrestle with those issues. And uh, we are all moving from unbelief to belief. Uh, we are all moving uh, to become more and more like Christ. And that means we have to wrestle Uh, with some things. And I'm so glad that we serve a patient God who gives us an opportunity to wrestle with things in community. And so today we're gonna be looking at not sure Jesus is the only way. Not sure Jesus is the only way. We're gonna look at uh, John chapter 14, verses one through seven. If you're able to stand, uh, will you do so please? And if you can just open your Bibles or you can read on the screen and we will read John 14 verses one through seven together. And it reads as follows. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also, From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. You may be seated. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not sure. Jesus is the only way. Quite a few years ago, a young lady at a former church that I pastored at, I had just preached a sermon, and the young lady was from Berlin, Germany. And uh, she joined the church. She came down the aisle uh, that Sunday and wanted to become a follower of Jesus Christ and become a member of the church. Uh, but on the following Sunday, uh, she Uh, Went to our new members class and It was in that class that There was something that the deacon who led that class said something that she strongly disagreed with and So you can imagine on that following Monday. I woke up to a very long email (laughs) and She said to me Pastor, I have a problem. Uh, one of the deacons in the new members class shared with me that Jesus is the only way. There's no other religion that, can, that gives us access to Father. And she, in a, in a long litany, she began to explain that Jesus can't possibly be the only way? What about the other religions? Uh, what about those who haven't heard? And she began to share with me and I had to think a long time because I wanted to make sure that, uh, that she, she's a precious soul in the sight of God and I wanted to make sure that I uh, spoke to her in the clearest sense of the word. And we kinda landed on, on the fact that this is something that uh, we're going to have to wrestle with. But she decided not to join the church and decided not to accept Jesus as a savior. And in some ways, I felt that I had failed her because I, I should have been able to say, well, let's walk together. Let's talk about this a little bit longer rather than in just one email. And And from time to time, we had talked and she moved back to Berlin and uh, resides in Berlin, Germany now. But she was wrestling with the issue that Jesus couldn't possibly be, be the only way. What about Hinduism? What about Buddhism? What about all of the religious faiths of the world? And she believed that all religions lead to God. That there may be a different role, but all of the religions of the world lead to God. There may be another name for God in the other religions. And it was this particular passage that I shared with her amongst the other passages that I shared with her. But I began to think about that in the context of preparing for this particular sermon. Is that it's a very legitimate question, a question for a believer as well as an unbeliever in the 21st century to to really say, I'm not sure that Jesus is the only way. It's it's a legitimate question, and God gives us space to wrestle with that. And the question came to me is, what is it? What is it in, in the 21st century that would cause us to question the fact that Jesus is not the only way. What is it about our cultural ideologies? What is it about what's going on in the 21st century? And and I would submit to you that there's always been a question of whether Jesus is the only way or not. There's always been questions about that. And, And for whatever reason, sometimes when we get, we think that we're more advanced than the first century or the second century or the third century and that we're more. we have more scientific evidence, we have more information now that we question it even more. But there are questions that center around this main question, and one question is, is Christianity too narrow? Since all religions are basically the same, does it matter what we believe? Another question is, Isn't the choice of which religion you take just a matter of personal preference? An estimated 75% of the world population is not Christian. Can they all be wrong? Christ can be the only way to God for you. How can you claim that he is the only way for everybody? Now those are a lot of questions, and we don't have enough time for me to answer all those questions. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take some shortcuts today in how we answer this, but there are a lot of books out there that, that really wrestles with many of these questions. But in our text today, we, we look at Jesus stating himself. Not Paul, not Peter, not any of the other disciples or apostles. But from the mouth of Christ, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I like the way Eugene Peterson's translation puts it. He says, don't let this throw you. You you trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, Would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get a room ready, I'll come back and get you so you can live where I live. And you already know the road I'm taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life, and no one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you've even seen him. Now, This pericope of Scripture is is a long line of statements that Jesus has made and he's talked about his coming death. He's talked about preparing the disciples and getting them ready for his departure. Many of us know the story of Peter. He pulls Jesus aside and tells him that that this is not true. And this discussion is, is possibly around a dinner table where they're having a robust discussion about his departure. Jesus has just washed their feet, and he says, says to them, you know, just as I am serving you, I want you to serve one another. And so here we are, and Jesus begins to tell the disciples to put their weight down on the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, how does this rub us in the 21st century? How how does this affect us? Because no doubt all of us have some of the same questions that the young lady from Berlin, Germany had. All of us have some of the same issues that that Thomas had. Thomas was really saying in his his own way, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure. You're you're the way. I'm not sure, Lord. Even though I've been with you for a while, I'm still not sure. Philip seems to be saying the same thing. Lord, if you just show us the Father, then we'll, we'll believe you. So even Thomas and Philip are not really sure. They're not really ready to put their weight down that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. One of the things I want us to understand, and these are some some of the, the ideologies of our day, and one is called religious pluralism. Religious pluralism says that every religion has equal value. Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, all of the religions have equal value, and all of the religions lead to God. Religious pluralism says that don't don't say anything that will will offend the other faiths, or that there should be some kind of interfaith movement. You know, right on the campus of Vanderbilt University, they have an all-faiths chapel. And every person within who's on campus who who is of another faith uh, have an opportunity uh, to worship there and so what they often do is whatever religion decides to worship there on a particular day is they don't they don't have a cross there they don 't have any symbols there, but they have all of the symbols in a drawer so that when a person of that faith shows up, they pull out that particular symbol. When a person who is a Christian, they pull out the cross, they pull out the Bible. When a person is, is practice Buddhism, they pull out what Buddhists believe. And so in order not to offend anyone else, they exercise religious pluralism in order to, to maintain the doctrine that all faiths have equal value. And so brothers and sisters, this is the kind of society that we live in. But then there is also what we call Christian particularism. In other words, it it says that Christ alone is the only way. And in Christian particularism, we we, we say that, that Christ makes the exclusive claim that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you take this view, you're going to offend somebody. If You take this view, you're going to upset someone. I remember years ago, I was invited to to a, a Muslim event, and they wanted me to do the prayer right here in Seattle. And I told them, I said, well, you do know I'm a Baptist preacher, right? Amen, <laughs> hey, <you miss> somebody. <laughs> now I'm a Presbyterian preacher. <laughs> and I said, now you're asking me to do the prayer, and I'm going to say when I close my prayer in Jesus' name. And they were okay with that. Now, I remember standing before that audience and praying and closing in Jesus' name, and it was so quiet in there that you could hear a pin drop. But that's the claim that we we make, that that's what we believe. I want us to think about this. I want us to think about what Jesus is saying here, that Jesus speaks for himself, that God speaks for himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. What Jesus is really saying to the disciples is that you you, you don't have access to God. Only through me. I am the exact representation of the Father. And the Father is so into the Son. And the Son is so into the Father that our thoughts are inseparable. Jewish society, truth, later came to be a Jewish title for God. That the primary significance of the statement, have is that Jesus is the embodiment of the way. He is the embodiment of the truth. God's covenant faithfulness points to that reality from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. Jesus is the embodiment of the way. And what he's really saying here, brothers and sisters, is that we we must move from religion to relationship. We, we, We must move from religion to relationship. I heard someone say that religion is man's pursuit of God. But Christianity is God's pursuit of man. That's one of the the distinctive factors of Christianity is that Jesus pursued you, he pursued me, but religion pursues God. That's one of the distinguishing factors that Jesus pursues us, and he desires to be in a relationship with us. Truth as it stands, is not about religion, As far as Christians are concerned, it's about a relationship. One writer put it this way that we have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. Because if truth is a person, it's about a relationship. Truth is a person. It, it, it's about allowing that relationship to mature within the context of our walk with Jesus Christ. You know, there, there's another thought that's called philosophical pluralism. Philosophical pluralism basically says you no, know, you, we, we have to it's a mindset that's that is an undercurrent within our world system. And philosophical pluralism basically says, brothers and sisters, that that we we, we have to live in such a way where we don't offend anyone. We have to live in such a way and, and respect other people's viewpoint. And some of that is true, that we must be religiously tolerant Unless we're reminded of the crusades where we tried to make people Christians. Or we're reminded of, of Islam and Islam in the, the extremist sense of the word where you, you make people become Muslims. And so there that, that is, that is a, a, a way that we must be religiously tolerant and respectful of other faiths. But at the same time, we must not dumb down our own convictions. Amen? And so Christ- Christianity rejects philosophical pluralism because it, because it accepts truth with a capital T. Christianity accepts truth with a capital T and philosophical pluralism wants us to promote truth with a small t. And so one of the things brothers and sisters that we have to that we must continue to live with the conviction that Jesus is indeed the way. He is the truth. He is the light. But when you are in relationship with Jesus, he gives us space to work that out. When we're in a relationship with Jesus, he gives us time to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. When, he, when we're in a relationship with Jesus, he gives us an opportunity to grow into our faith. And that's where I feel like I failed this young lady. Because I should have said, wait, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's meet again. Let's talk some more about Jesus being, not being sure that Jesus is the only way. Let's look at some passages and let's talk about this issue. You may have some people in your own family. You may have some people that you work with who are saying, I'm not sure that Jesus is the only way. Well, the Christian thing to do to, to, is to patiently walk with a person and say, well, let's explore that question. Let's see what Jesus says himself about being the only way. You know, when we look at the unique claims of Jesus, that his, in other words, his, his words, and throughout the Gospels and into Paul's letters and the letters of the apostles, there are some unique claims that Jesus made, that, that he makes. He claimed to have the power to forgive sins. He claimed to be sinless. He he claimed that he would rise from the dead and raise all men. He claimed that he would come again and judge the world. He claimed that to be the exclusive way to salvation and having access to the Father. Those those are Jesus' claims when we read the Gospels. He he makes these particular claims himself. But then one writer talks about the credentials of Christ. In other words, the claims talk about the words of Christ, the credentials talk about the works of Christ, and what we discover is that Jesus always backs up his words with his works. Jesus always backs up. So his credentials point to the fact that he lived a sinful life, a sinless life. His miracles point to the power over nature, disease, demons, and death. His unique character and teaching that they were said that never has a man taught this way before with so much authority. His fulfillment of hundreds of messianic prophecies and his power to change lives and his resurrection from the dead. and What I have discovered in my own life, because it comes to a point when we talk about the words and the works of Christ, Jesus asked his disciples one day, who who do men say that I am? And it says, some some say that you're Elijah, some say that you're one of the prophets. Jesus turns to his disciples, his friends, and says to them, who do you say that I am? You've watched me walk on water. You've watched me feed 5,000. You've watched me do miraculous things. Who do you say that I am? And that's where the rubber hits the road, brothers and sisters, that we must move from religion to relationship. And we must ask the question, just as Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Hopefully we will be able to say the same thing Peter said. You are the Christ, son of the living God. We're going to live in this context in the 21st century where people are going to say, well, Christ might be for you, but he's not for me. But you may be the only Jesus that somebody will ever see. And so you are a Christian, and a a Christian means a person who is a little Jesus. That you are reflecting the character of Jesus Christ. I remember when I was in college, one of my favorite prof- professors, my sociology professor's name was Dr. Purna Chanda Mahanti. He was about this tall. <laughs> but he had a great influence on my life. And I remember one day we were sitting in class and the subject of Christianity came out. And he said to us in the class, there were quite a few of us that were Christians, he said, I'm a Christian too. And someone asked the question, well, do you believe that Jesus is the only way? He said, well, no, I, I believe that Jesus is one of the ways. Dr. Mahunty was, was Hindu. And there were times where he and I would talk about Christianity. And I told him that, you, you, you know, you, you, you have to believe that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is not just someone you add within a, a pot of religions and say that he's equal to all the other religions. It, it's about a relationship. And oh, how I desired for Dr. Mahunty to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, how I desired for him to understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because there will come a day, come a day according to Acts 4.12, that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men and women by which we must be saved and that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Not sure? Jesus is the only way? Well, I wanna say this, brothers and sisters, God gives us space to wrestle with that. God gives us an opportunity to walk with others because somebody needs to be sure in order to convince those who are not sure. (laughs) There must be somebody that is sure in order to walk with those who are not sure. No doubt, even in our church family, sometimes there are people who are not sure. We're still wrestling with that, and that's okay. You're here, you're present. There are brothers and sisters who are willing to to talk with you and walk with you on this faith journey. Scripture tells us, Peter says, that God is not willing that any of us should, should perish. But God is patient. He's caring. He's loving. And so he's willing to move us from unbelief to belief. Just remember this. True Christianity is about a relationship and not just a religion. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for being a God who's patient, for being a God who's loving, a God who's kind. Thank you, Lord, for creating space for us to wrestle with not being sure but lord you we thank you for being a god who's willing to walk with us in this whole process and lord that's maybe somebody under the sound of my voice somebody on online audience who's wrestling with this and maybe your spirit is tugging at their heart to let them know that you are real that you are indeed the way, the truth, and the life. And would you make it crystal clear to them today, Lord, that they would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that, Jesus, you are real, and you desire to be in a relationship with them. In Jesus' name we pray.